Maureen Afano. Hello. You're just like being stuck at home in the wet weather and now you're out and you just want to talk, huh? That is the quickest that everybody's gone quiet ever. I feel like I'm hearing myself in my other ear. Are you hearing me all right out there? Yeah. Been stuck inside for a couple of days. This weather's been absolutely horrific. Um, I did have all these tongue-in-cheek remarks to make about Auckland and why we celebrate Auckland anniversary when we don't really even care that much about Auckland, but I'm going to refrain from that today because obviously they're going through a really tough time and I just um, did appreciate Sam praying for them because um, we know what flooding's like. If anybody was here a few years back with Edgecombe and that, we know how devastating that can be for community, so um, I'm not going to make any smart comments about Auckland today. Um, like Sam said, my name is Matt. Um, I'm here today with my beautiful wife, Fleur. Um, it's awesome having her on the front row because anything I say, she will hold me accountable for. Um, so I cannot lie from the front. Not that I've lied from the front before. Not that I can remember lying from the front before. Uh, yeah, but we're about truth here at Echo Church, so we'll, we'll rock with that today. Eh? So like Sam said, we are in the middle of a series at the moment called I Choose, and Sam kicked off that series with a message called I Choose to Put First Things First, and he touched on a few things about um, putting uh, God first with our time, putting God first with our finances, and putting God first uh, with the decisions we make, which is a really good way to start the series. Um, and then Kieran kicked off last week. Kieran's not here today. I think he was at one festival, Festival One. I think he was heading over there, so he could be still trying to dig his way out. I'm not sure. But Kieran did speak an awesome word last week about faith and, and this, this understanding that we all have a measure of faith. Um, but what are we putting that faith into? And he kind of talked about a few areas that we put our faith into that we shouldn't. I think he talked about uh, finances and money, putting our faith in, in the bank statement, uh, putting our faith in politicians. And I'm going to tell you right now, do not ever put your faith in any politician, no matter which colour they are. Um, and he talked about idols. He talked about this idea that we're given faith and that our faith should be given back in a spiritual way sense or back to God and yet we tend to find things that are temporary to put our faith in and it was a really good message and, and this week I'm going to carry on a little bit from that. Um, he talked about faith and, and I, my original idea was to talk about faithfulness um, and I felt that he kind of ticked a whole lot of boxes uh, that I was going to talk about and I probably shouldn't have emailed him my notes um, before he spoke last week but um, that, that's, that's fine, that's in the past now and we're going to move on from that and I'm glad he's not here today so I can rib him. Um, but my message today is uh, titled, I Choose to Wait. I Choose to Wait. Now, I don't know what you're thinking right now, but nobody really chooses to wait. You know, that's why when your kid's arm's like this and they're like, it hurts, we're not going to A&E. Like, we're not going to A&E, you're fine. Like, just straighten it out, take a Panadol, you're going to be fine. We don't pull up at the hub in the morning and we're trying to get to work and we we're already seven minutes late and there's traffic and we go, yeah, thank you, Jesus, I love to wait in traffic. Essentially, we don't like waiting, do we? Anybody? Anybody's like confident? Like, yeah, man, I love waiting. I, I order something online and I'm already looking out the window 10 minutes later to see if the courier's there. We live in a society where we want everything now. We don't like waiting. So my, t my, message, my, uh, my message today is titled, I choose to wait, in brackets, well. Does that make sense? So I choose to wait, well. Let's get on with it. You see, those of you that do know me know that I came to the Lord in quite a remarkable way. You see, I, I was a real dork. I almost said another word then. 
uh, I lived a really, really uh, selfish lifestyle, uh, and my payment for that uh, was punishment uh, on behalf of Her Majesty the Queen. So uh, in that time, I met the Lord properly. Like I had grown up in church, and I'd been around church, and, and I knew stuff like books in the Bible and things like that, but I didn't actually know God. So I had this experience, real massive spiritual experience where I really met with God and understood that he was my father, that Jesus was my savior, that I could receive the Holy Spirit and that I'd be empowered to go out and change the world. So once I came sort of through that journey and I ended up in church and I ended up serving in church, I was like, yeah, God, well, what are we doing? And then a year would go by and I kept serving and kept doing things and yeah, what are we doing, God? Because I had this passion burning inside of me of the, I was going to go and change the world. But God was saying, wait. Now, this kind of reminds me of like, when you're in a hurry and you're flying up, we don't have traffic lights in Whakatane, but if you've been to Tauranga or, or Auckland or anywhere there's traffic lights and it turns orange, what's your initial thought? Be honest with me, Christians. <laughs> I'm going to get through that light. That's kind of my heart was at, at that stage. Like if I saw an opportunity, I was like, yeah, I'm taking that because God's called me to change the world. And then he kind of closed doors and closed doors and closed doors and it started getting really frustrating. And then I sort of like look at the Bible. David waited 15 years to be king. If God told you something, how long are you prepared to wait? I started getting frustrated after a few months. Moses waited 40 years. God said, oh, I'm gonna, I've called you to come and save the Israelites, or uh, I've got a mission for you. Moses was like, yeah, let's go. And he was probably pretty racked up for it. Let's go. 40 years later, like I would have been like, nah, it's over. I'm not waiting any longer. There's multiple stories in the Bible where God had people waiting. So I think that's a little bit about who God is. I think he actually needs us to wait sometimes. So if we're going to wait, how do we wait well? You might be sitting here today and you're saying, Man, I've been waiting, I've been waiting years and years and years for, for a miracle. Maybe it's something to do with healing or a miracle in your family or uh, your friends, friendship group. Maybe it's you're waiting for some direction. You're like, man, I've got these two decisions or these two paths that I need to take. And I'm just waiting to hear from God about which, which direction to take. And it's been a long, long time. Has anyone experienced that? You're still waiting. Yeah? Maybe you're waiting for an answered prayer. It just feels like God's not even there. I've been praying this prayer for weeks and months and years, and do you even hear me, God? Hello? It's like he likes to test our patience. But what happens when we fall into this trap of um, the thinking starts to kick in? This is what happened for me, you know, like a, maybe God's forgotten about me. Maybe he forgot what he said to me all those years ago and, and I need to remind him or maybe I just need to do more, be more or pray more, read my Bible more and then he'll answer my prayer. Then he'll give me some direction. Mm, that didn't work. Maybe God's more just real, real busy with more pressing issues. Like people have got lots of issues. Like maybe he's just got a few others to tick off before he gets to me. And then this thought, maybe God's not even real. And I've had that thought. Because I just sometimes have felt in that waiting, in that waiting room is like, he's not even listening, he's not even hearing. And I'm sure that there's people in this room that would have felt this feeling, these feelings before. So I'm just going to talk about three areas that helped me wait well. 
Now, I can, I'm not even looking at my wife, and I can tell that she's smirking at me because she knows that I'm one of the most impatient people in the world. I was that road rage guy. I was that guy. Okay, I'm much better now. I smile. I wave. I just wait, and I let everybody in. Now, they get my kids and my wife get annoyed for me letting people in. So I'm, so I'm just saying, you can stop smirking, love. I'm being honest. I'm being honest. Um, I was going to have a little drink. Thank you, Julie, for getting me my vodka. It's not really, it's water. I've had enough water over the last few days. I did, I did wonder with all the rain, did anyone get a word from God about building an ark? <laughs> no one? Just, you know, like, if you did get a word, you'd probably need to follow through on that. Um, anyway, anyway, back, back to the message, back to the message. So, I've got three areas I just want to talk about briefly this morning, and um, obviously each one of these areas you could unpack uh, and do a whole series on, but I really just want to touch on them and really encourage you that if you're in a season of waiting, like choose one, choose two, choose all three, pick something and really just start to make a move with it. And the first one I want to talk about is faithfulness. So Matthew 25, 21 says, Jesus says this, well done, good and faithful servant. End of story. Well done, good and faithful servant. What doesn't say well done, good and successful servant. Don't say, well done, good and wealthy servant. Don't say, well done, good and always comes to church on Sunday servant. It says, well done, good and faithful servant. So my first key really is around faithfulness. What is faithfulness? Karen talked about this deposit of faith last week that we get from God. And the Bible tells us that we all get a deposit of faith. I see faithfulness as the outworking of our faith. So there's an action to this thing that we've been given. The seed of faith that we've been given, the fruit that comes from the tree is faithfulness. Uh, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, forbearance. That's a funny word. I don't, I don't actually know what that means. I'll look that up. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So we're called to faithfulness. There's lots of scriptures in the Bible that talk about us being faithful, not just God being faithful to us. We understand that God is faithful, but how are we faithful to him? You see, James 2 says that faith without works is dead. So we Karen talked about this deposit of faith, which each and every one of you have. Now, I'm not telling you where you've got that faith or how much of that faith's invested in whatever Karen talked about last week, but the outworking of that faith the actions, the works that you do on a daily is your faithfulness. What does it look like? What does faithfulness look like in a practical way? It means showing up even when we're disheartened. It means coming to church and setting out the chairs even though you've had a really stink week and a whole lot of stuff's happened and you're not dealing with it that well, but you show up. You don't pretend, you don't have to fake it, you can still be real. It means serving when we sometimes don't feel like it. It means giving our time and our money and our resources, even if we don't even know where it's going to come from. That's faithfulness. It's an outwalking or outworking of that faith. Faithfulness is carrying on despite not knowing exactly where you're going. Now, I bought a boat many, many, many years ago. 
from a guy on Trade Me, and he lived in New Plymouth, and I'd never been to New Plymouth, I don't know why. Anyone from New Plymouth? It's quite a nice little town. But I set off in my trusty uh, L200 van to go and have a look at this boat. Uh, I was going to buy it. I said, I said to Fleur on the way, uh, before I left, I said, I'm just going to go and have a look, but deep down we all know I was going to buy it, if I could knock them down a bit. But anyway, so I set the, set the GPS up in, in my van, and I'd never been to New Plymouth, so I didn't know where I was going. I had to put all my trust and faith in this little thing on my dashboard, right? And it took me the shortest route. So I don't know if you've been to New Plymouth from here before, but there's kind of like a nice way that you can go. And then there's a gravel road, goat track, pothole way, and that's the way that it took me. So I'm in the middle, of no- I left at like five in the morning. I'm in the middle of nowhere, pinging off caffeine, going, I don't think this is where I'm supposed to be because it was a one-lane road, gravel, and I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I can't get cell phone reception, but I carried on. And this is what faithfulness is about. It's like, we don't necessarily even know the destination. We haven't been there. We don't know what it looks like. But we're going to have faith and faithfulness to just carry along that road. So faithfulness is the outworking of the faith that was being deposited in us. The second thing to help us wait well is to avoid leaning on our own understanding. This scripture is a struggle for me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, mind, and strength, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. You see, there's a bit of a conflict, because we have understanding. We can ask God for wisdom or understanding, and he gives it to us, and then he tells us not to lean on it. So there's this bit of a paradox there where we are created with this brain and this mind and emotions and thoughts that we actually discover wonderful things about our, our world and our universe and about each other. And we do have an understanding, but the scripture's telling us not to lean on it. So what does that mean? You see, because I'm, I'm way too analytical. If something's happening, like when I talked about that waiting room for myself, I'm like, all these questions about, oh, if I just did this, or maybe I need to read Revelation again, or maybe I need to go and talk to that person, or I need to go to that conference, read this book, because I want to figure it out myself, because that's about control. God doesn't want us to control everything. He wants to control it. Thoughts like, maybe this is punishment for all the bad things I've done. He's just going to keep me waiting a little bit longer. Maybe I need to read my Bible more, pray more, fast more, attend more, do more. All great things. But if that motive for those things doesn't align with God's motive, then it's just kind of a waste of time. And you're just going to be running around in circles, getting tired and frustrated. You see, God's outside of time. This is even more harder to grasp for me. 2 Peter 3.8 says, A day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day to God. So we can't even comprehend what it is that God's understanding is because we don't, we're just too one-dimensional in where we are. You see, we look, up, we look up in a starry night and we see a star or we see a thousand, a million stars. God sees the entire universe. And not only does he see it in a snapshot, but he sees it for a millennia before and a millennia beyond. Eternity. He sees everything inside and outside of that. And we just cannot understand that. And we never will until we're home with him. Yeah? So there's this point where we have to go, I'm sitting in the waiting room and I don't know what's going on, but I'm not going to lean on my understanding. 
I'm going to tune into what it is that you're saying, God. Some questions I remember asking in that time and that I do now, if I feel like I've got to wait, it's questions like this. What is going on here, God? That's a real good question. Because he wants to tell you, it's not a secret. What is going on here? This relationship breakdown. This sickness that I have or my family member has. This financial hole I found myself in. What is going on here, God? Because he wants to reveal to you what that is. In his understanding, not our own. How can I align my thoughts with yours? That's a hard one. I don't know about you guys, but my brain just, like I'll be in bed sometimes at night and my brain's just going a hundred different thoughts at once and I find it real hard to bring it down into one thing. So how can I align my thoughts with God's? Who can I talk to about this? Now this is a hard one because often we can get a little bit tied up in what's going on and we don't want to talk about it with other people or we feel like we can't trust other people. Ask God who to talk to. If you're in, in this community, like I, I'd love to just say to you, hey, come and talk to me, but you might not feel comfortable with that. There might not be anybody here that you're real comfortable to talk to. Ask God to put somebody in your path to talk to about it and trust that that's the right person. It's quite often the most strangest person you would ever think it's ever going to be, but just trust God in that. Ask him. They might be able to encourage or confirm something for you. Sorry, I've seen that spit going. It nearly hit you, eh, Samantha? Or from a source you might not expect. We must learn to trust that he is in control even though we do not understand the process or the timing. You see, time to God is non-existent. He doesn't wear a watch. Yeah, he doesn't have a calendar on the wall. It's non-existent. To him, his timing is pretty much something that we can't even comprehend and I'm not even going to try and cover it today because it's just, it's just a completely different realm and dimension that God works in. So lean not on your own understanding. We live by faith and not by sight. So in other words, what we see, feel or think is just completely undimensional what where God is and the understanding of what he's doing. And the third thing I want to share this morning, so what do we, what do, we do, do so far Dennis, what do we say? What was the first one? Sorry, I put him on the spot. Faithfulness. Wow. Faithfulness. Number two, avoid leaning on our own understanding. Number three, now this one's a little bit left field, and um, as Christians, we probably struggle with this a little bit. As humans, we probably struggle with this a little bit. Now, if I shock you with what I'm about to say, I'll just ask that you stay and don't walk out because then I'll, when people walk out, man, I get all like, it confuses me. So please don't take offense if anything I say in this next sentence hurts you. You can come and talk to me afterwards and we can pray about it. Are you ready? The third thing about waiting well is love each other. Keep loving each other. You see, you see, when we're waiting for something, we can get really frustrated when other people are moving on or gaining goals or doing their thing, and we're still waiting. We're going, what's going on there, God? Like, why are they getting, what's their secret? Hey, you know, these feelings like um, anger, <clears throat> frustration, 
that kind of result in uh, behaviors like sarcasm, temper tantrums, harsh words, um, things that, believe it or not, are not fruits of the Spirit, uh, eye-rolling, uh, blaming. You know, we find ourselves getting resentful and, and hurt because we feel like nobody's seeing that we're stuck in this place. We've got to keep loving each other. You see, when we find ourselves waiting in limbo, it can be easy to blame others and see them fulfilling their dreams or prayers being answered. What am I missing? We're still called to love one another. You see, having an external focus during a season of waiting keeps us focused on the bigger picture. And it's not easy, I know. Because when we're going through stuff, our eyes, our mind, our thoughts, our feelings, they turn inwards. And what we do when we love others is we take that focus from inside and we actually put it outside of us. Now, I don't want to minimize it for people that are going through a time of waiting or they're going through emotional pain, physical, spiritual, all these things. I'm not minimizing it today. I don't want you to feel like, oh, I just need to tick these three boxes and then God's going to answer all my prayers because it's not quite that simple. Um, I wish it was at times. But what I am saying to you is that you need to just pick up one of these things and carry it for you, with you for a little while. You see, God does see you. He hears you every single time you reach out to him. He hears you. And even if you don't say it with your mouth, with your words, he hears your heart and he hears your thoughts and he knows what's going on for you. So this morning, I'm going to say that to you. He sees you and he hears you. And he has not forgotten you. So walk well in that like understanding those three things. If those are the three things you take away this morning, he sees you, hears you, and has not forgotten you. That's going to keep you waiting in that waiting room just a little bit longer. Even though you can swear they don't need an x-ray because you're pretty sure it's not broken. You see, if you're waiting, you have an opportunity. You see, we can sit in the waiting room and whinge and moan and look internally and freak out about things. Or we can sit in that waiting room and we can take an opportunity. We can build our faith. We can allow God to build our character. We can ask God what it is that he needs, us, he needs for us. We can love others. So I'm going to just finish this morning by praying. And I would say this to you, that if you're finding yourself in the waiting room, there is a purpose for that. And I'd encourage you to find out what that purpose is. I think for me, the waiting room was about character. You see, I spent 25 years of my life being an absolute dork. God wasn't just going to go, oh, here you go, Matt, jump up on stage and start talking about my word, and here you go, Matt, here's a big ministry for you to lead. Because he's like, no, 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 no. I've got to break you down a little bit, Matt. I've got to start building you up the way that I actually designed you to be in the first place. And that journey, you know, I always say that it takes two seconds to blow your car up and it takes a week to fix it, you know. And that's kind of the principle with God. I feel like he says, you know, 
You've, you've come to me broken. You've come to me um, with all these things that I need to now start peeling away. So you, we're going to do that in the waiting room. You're going to wait for a little while, son. And that's not saying that all those feelings don't creep in, and they still do from time to time. And I get frustrated, and I go, God, what's going on? See, that's all right, son, I got you. Hey. So let's recap those three things. The first one with faithfulness, the outworking of your faith. The second one, do not lean on your own understanding. And the third one, keep loving each other, please. So, hey, why don't we jump to our feet, and I'm going to pray this morning. Um, if that's you, if you're in the waiting room this morning and you just need a little bit of extra prayer afterwards, like I'd love to spend some time with anybody that's feeling that frustration or that um, angst about waiting. So I am going to pray for us all in general this morning. Oh, Lord, I just thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you that um, you do call us, Lord, for a purpose. You call us for a mission. Um, but, Lord, sometimes we just got to sit and wait for a bit in your presence and just be, be renewed or, or uh, things need to be taken off or pruned, Lord, so that, that we can be the best that we can be when you call us. So, Lord, for each and every person in this room this morning, Lord, if anybody's experiencing that, that time of waiting, that time of uns- unsure, not knowing what's going to happen next. I just ask you to meet them right now, Lord, and just remind them. Remind them that, that you hear them. Remind them that you see them and that you have not forgotten. And Lord, if, if possible, Lord, can you give, give them a word of encouragement or give them a, a glimpse of what it is that you're trying to do, Lord, so that they can be encouraged in their faith, Lord, so that they can continue down the path, Lord. Or make the decision. And Lord, in all the midst of that, Lord, we give you all the honor and glory, Lord, because we know you're outside of time. We know that you're sovereign above all things, Lord. And we only see a little tiny part of the picture, and you see it all from start to finish. We just want to play our part, Lord, in your plan soon. Lord, teach us to wait well, to build faith and develop our character. Lord, to see others and to love others and to encourage people. In Jesus' name, amen.